0: You're listening to a pawn further review presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal back. Yes, I said back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of Upon Further Review brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And we have returned from the other desert. We were in Phoenix last week for all the hoopla surrounding the Super Bowl. And it was a blast. And just before we get going, a big shout out to everybody, 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 everybody who helped get our production down there looking good, sounding good, feeling good. It was a blast. It was busy. It was very productive. We talked to a ton of folks, but I'm glad to be back in Vegas. I'm glad to be back in our beautiful studio here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, as I said. And we got a good show today, a strong show today. We are shifting gears officially, officially shifting gears into draft season. And to do that, we brought in our guy. He is the beast, the big dog draft guy at PFF, our pal Mike Renner, and we talk about, spoiler alert, we talk about a lot of quarterback stuff for obvious reasons, but it was so good to catch up with Mike. Uh, You will enjoy, I hope, our conversation. He makes us smarter, as he always does, but before we really dive into our conversation with Mike, before we get this show on the roll or get this show on the road, I should say, uh, we begin with our transactions brought to you by shift for payments and just a single transaction guys a big one that i think you might have heard of over the past couple days on february 14th just two days ago the las vegas raiders officially released quarterback Derek carr not a surprise there I think that if you are a fan of the silver and black, you are well uh, very familiar with the timeline that, the parallel timelines, I should say, that Derek and the organization were, uh, were headed down. And so, yeah, on, that would be Tuesday, the Raiders officially released him, meaning that for the first time in about a decade, we are diving into the world of the quarterback, of who will be the quarterback, who will not be the quarterback. We are diving in. Uh, and like I said, Perfect timing for us to bring Mike onto the program to make us smarter and to really educate us about this draft class of the signal callers headed in and will ultimately get selected that last week of April. Uh, And I think just one one kind of important thing to note before we get rolling, and just as I said, look, this is just reality. As we sit here today, the Raiders currently have two quarterbacks on the roster. That would be Jarrett Stidham, who you guys are all very familiar with, and Chase Garbers as well. Now, the other thing to note, Mr. Stidham is scheduled to become a free agent. So when the league year turns uh, in just under a month, call it 30 days, 31 days, actually it might be less than that because of February, whatever, mid-March. When the league year turns, as of right now, and this is all subject to change, you know that, the Raiders will have one quarterback under contract. Uh, when the league year turns. That is Chase Garbers. The, he'll be a second-year quarterback by the time that happens from Cal, who spent last year with the Silver and Black. So it'll be really, really interesting over the next couple of weeks what happens, what shakes out. And look, the reality is this, and this is not a state secret, right? This is not me telling you guys anything that you don't already know. The Raiders are going to have to <laughs> add some quarterbacks, right? This is no shot at Chase Garbers, but he is not going to be your day-one starter for the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders you need to add depth in that room you need to add talent in that room and you need to to add bodies right there is no quarterback or excuse me there is no NFL team headed into the year with a single quarterback on the roster so like I said for the first time in about a decade we are diving in headfirst into this world of quarterbacks it is exciting it is scary it is everything in between but what it is without a doubt is great fodder for conversation like I always my vision of this show right and we, I mean, the vision of the show that we, or my vision and, and the the version of the show that we do is pretty locked in, right? Pretty dialed in. But I always wanted this show to be something that where I could try to recreate. And look, I am not the first person to say this. I am not, this is not a super original thought, but my most fond sports memories, right, are hanging out with my buddies or hanging out with my dad and just talking, shop, and debating. And, oh, what if this player went here? What if the, you know, in my case, the Warriors, what if the Warriors traded him? Or what if the Warriors signed this guy in free agency, right? And it's fun. And it's great discourse. It's a lot of, you know, fantastic fodder for conversation. And that's what I always wanted this show to be, right? Where we could just have a space to just talk it out. Obviously, keeping everything with a silver and black hue, if you were, But really, you know, kind of having a chance to explore the possibilities, the opportunities of what could be for the Raiders. And the Raiders are at a position now where that is very much what we are going to do. And you'll hear my conversation with Mike. It wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders did anything in the draft, in free agency, whatever it is. Sitting at number seven right now, I wouldn't be shocked if they moved up. I wouldn't be shocked if they moved back. I wouldn't be shocked if they stayed, stood pad at number seven and picked a quarterback or picked a best, you know, the best lineman on the board, the best stud wide. I wouldn't be surprised. And that is fantastic because it gives us a lot to talk about. And I cannot wait. Draft season is officially here. It is one of my favorite seasons outside of the regular season. And I just, I'm excited to go on this journey with all of you. Shameless plug alert, too. If you want a deeper dive, on all things draft, if you want to kind of get an, a different understanding, a different viewpoint, maybe a little more analytical of an approach to what we are going to see in the draft and this class as a, as a whole, I encourage you, I implore you to subscribe to the Raiders NFL Draft Podcast. You can get it, you know, if you subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network or its very own feed, Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis are two episodes in. They are doing a phenomenal job of making us smarter and educating us about all things NFL Draft. As I said, with a silver and black hue, we are excited to catch up with them uh, in Indy in just about a week and a half. They're going to have another episode of the show that they're going to do from our setup there uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium. But like I said, I encourage you guys to subscribe, 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 like, leave all the comments, uh, not only for this show, but especially at this time of the year at the Raiders NFL Draft Podcast. And speaking of people that we really, really respect and people that help you know, make the draft more accessible and easy for us to get through, our guy Mike Renner. It is so good to see him virtually earlier today. We are going to catch up with him in person in Indy in just a few weeks, and I'm excited for that. But to get you ready for everything that we are going to see and hear and talk about over the next two weeks leading into what is one of my favorite weeks on the NFL calendar, the NFL Scouting Combine, enjoy our conversation with the lead draft analyst at PFF. Our guy, and I can say it, friend of the program, Mike Renner. Mike, I was talking to you before we started rolling here. For the first time in about a decade now, we are going to talk about quarterbacks in the draft. I cannot wait. The team parted ways with Derek Carr earlier this week, which means now that as we sit here and we prepare for the start of the league year, the Raiders have one quarterback uh, who will be under contract when the league year turns. That's Chase Garbers. So regardless of what the Raiders do at seven, they're going to have to add some talent to this group. So Mike, let us just start here. It feels like there's a big three uh, of guys coming in this class. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis. Let's just go in order, right? Bryce Young, what do you like? What concerns you?
1: I like everything but the fact that he's smaller than I am. (laughs) I'm six foot, I'm about 185. That's like the range that Bryce Young is going to come in at. And there's just not the track record of guys at that size that have been consistently great quarterbacks in the NFL, but just like the tape is, it's as good as it gets. It, it's better, in my opinion, than any of the sub six footers or six foot and under guys that have come on in recent years. Whether that's Tua Tagovailoa, whether that's Baker Mayfield, whether that's Kyler Murray, even named back to you know Russell Wilson, who was the OG in that uh, sort of mold of the smaller guys who just can't see the middle of the field. But if you go check out his page in the PFF draft guide and go look at his heat maps, which is where he targets most. He targets the middle of the field more than he targets the sidelines. And that's kind of the inverse of guys like Kyler Murray, like Russell Wilson, they get knocked for their inability to work that area of the football field and how much that limits their game. Now, are you going to run quick game three-step with him, and try to like, you know, where defensive linemen are getting their hands up? No, like you'd be crazy to do that. There's stuff you're not going to do with him that you could do with a Will Levis that you can do it with CJ Stroud because they're hype. But outside of that, his game is very, very NFL translatable and it's translated against the best defenses in college football. So uh big fan of Bracio.
0: So if we were to play the game of of like a one to ten, and look, you know, I never pretend to be like the X's and O's mastermind or the the deep in the tape kind of guy. That's why we bring guys like you on to kind of make me smarter, but You know, it seems like when you talk to folks around the league, the big knock, like you said, is the size and it's reality, right? Like this guy isn't going to be six, four, six, five, but if you were to kind of scale it out, like one to 10, how do you rate your concern of the size or lack thereof for Bryce Young?
1: Probably a a six, you know, it's concerning. And as I said, there are things that just like that height means you cannot do, you know, that just, you're going to have to scheme around, Mm -hmm. but But then, like, that's that's like that part, just the height part. But then it's like, what else of his game am I concerned about? You know, there's no other concern. So, like, if that's the one thing, the six out of ten there is the one thing, I think he's going to be a darn good quarterback in the league.
0: Yeah, and, and I think there's a lot of folks in your uh, in your mold as well who think he's going to be really, really good come Sunday. Uh, moving on to C.J. Stroud. It seems like the de facto kind of number two in, in the power rankings of the big three quarterbacks. Uh, really nice kind of end of the year. C.J. Stroud, what do we like? What are we, what are we concerned about, Mike?
1: I really like the play style. I think it's very NFL translatable when you compare him to the other Ohio State quarterbacks and how they played in that offense. Um, and I think there's a reason why he, you know, when he had Jackson Smith and Jigba, that he he targeted that slot and over the middle of the field so much more than a guy like Justin Fields did than a guy like Dwayne Haskins did it's because I think he sees defenses better than either of those guys did and is able to you know understand the space that you can create basically with throwing windows over the middle of the field whereas those guys were much more vertically oriented much more Haskins is more of an underneath passer actually coming out in his own right where it's just like they weren't winning at the areas that you need to win at to play in the NFL where a Stroud is. I, I think uh, he has NFL caliber arm strength. Is it elite? No. He has an NFL caliber athlete. Is it elite athlete? No. Like he's just kind of like ticks the boxes that you need to see from the position. Uh, and then he went up against Georgia in the playoffs and balled out like the biggest stage, the biggest game of his career. He, he played a damn near flawless game. So that has to be taken into account because uh, obviously this Georgia defense. Not a lot of guys looked as good as he did against that squad. So um, I think there's a lot to like. It's just have we kind of seen it without dudes running wide open consistently this is the only problem where it's like that Ohio State offense is foolproof as w- in terms of the pass protection that they have. They're going to have two maybe first round offensive tackles that he played behind uh, this past season. They're going to have, you know, maybe like a day two center that he played behind. Like it was the best O-line in the country, just in terms of like talent and the pockets that he had to work from. And then the receiving core obviously speaks for itself there at Ohio State. So that's kind of the only thing really holding Stroud back right now is just what's it going to look like when he is under pressure a lot? Because under pressure performance was not good on tape this past season outside of that Georgia game. Georgia game obviously had a number of big plays, but like the consistency under pressure not there. And it's just going to look vastly different for him at the NFL level and what he's asked to do. So I think he comes with more worries. I just said about Bryce Young. The heights the only worry. There's a lot more worries with CJ Stroud, but I think he's a guy who dating back to high school, people have raved about his personality. People have raved about basically like the leadership. You know, they talk about Jack Smith and Jigba was you know, instrumental in getting CJ Stroud, to play with him in the camp and said we have to get this guy to Ohio State because of the personality, just because of who he was. Uh, and, and how much that matters at the quarterback position. So, uh, all those things to like, but I think you could see why, at least I consider him just a tier below a guy like Bryce. Young.
0: Yeah, and I think, that as a look, as a guy who watched a lot of Oregon football, I am very familiar with that Georgia defense and how silly it can make opposing offenses look. So the fact that CJ yeah. did what he did uh, on a big stage, like you said, I think has to carry a lot of weight. And we talk about the leadership and the intangibles. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of that in two weeks when we go to the combine and he has a chance to sit down with front offices and get a little more familiar with coaches and GMs and people like that. But rounding out this big three, my Will Levis, this seems to be the guy who is you either love him, you hate him, you feel some type of way about him. Uh, when you take a look at what he does and what he does as well what is that what
1: he does well like actually on tape everyone's gonna rave about his physical ability he's got strongest arm probably in the class got a super quick release really light in his feet great athlete like all that stuff that you know a lot of the high-end guys in the nfl look like but I, I do think there are things on his tape that are very good that kind of everyone just mentions the physical tools but like his pocket presence and his ability to work from tight pockets is as good as it gets in this draft class you know bryce young he's he's good at getting out of tight scenarios, but he doesn't have a lot of throws on a tape. And CJ Stroud, they can like get outside the pocket. They're athletic, but they don't have a lot of throws on their tape where there's a guy bearing down on them or their tackles are getting walked back or their guards are getting walked back. And they just have to get it out before they get killed. And, you know, I know it's a strike, you know, 15 to 20 yards down the football field. Levis has a ton of it. like, he, he is comfortable working from NFL pockets because he had, you know, worse than NFL pockets at Kentucky. And, uh, I think he's also comfortable getting through progressions and working kind of NFL offenses that, you know, he played under two different NFL former, one one former NFL offense coordinator, one current NFL offense coordinator. So a lot of the stuff he did will day one in an NFL team uh, not be an issue. Like he, he knows that stuff down pat. So there is a lot to like on his tape. The, you know, the accuracy is an issue, consistency is an issue. The touch throws are an issue, but I do think there's a lot more good than bad and a lot more to work with um than his kind of being you know maybe the narrative around him is that he's trash that his stats were nothing that like it, it's all based off of physical ability no there were actual stuff on his tape that I think was very good
0: yeah and, and it's so interesting you say that too because like I said everyone feels some type of way about about Mr. Levis right you either love him you're like this is yeah. you know this is a guy who's going to be the next insert quarterback name here he's the next big thing or you're like well he yeah. did it, you know he did it at Kentucky, and he wasn't consistent. So it, it is interesting. It feels like every year, Mike, that there's one or two of these guys that they are so polarizing that people either love them, they hate them. And there's really not a lot of in between. Like I think he's going to be a solid pro.
1: Yeah, that's actually a very good point. There is he is is polarizing. You no know, one's just predicting him to be, you know, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I don't think anyone yeah. expects that. I do think though he falls in line with guys like you know. There's kind of a track record of these guys, right? That get really pooped on, for lack of a better word, by the sure. general public, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's Daniel Jones, whether it's Justin Herbert who injury coming out where it's like, they didn't put up good stats, but they're not surrounded by five stars at receiver, five stars along the offensive line. Like it's difficult in college football and, and in the NFL, when you don't have talent around you to put up eye popping stats, it just doesn't happen. And so you have to, you know, it's the beauty of scouting. You have to project what's it going to look like when he does have, a good situation what is it going to look like when he does have time to work in the pocket when he does have receivers that are open uh, man with levis i think you could just like it's very easy to see that because they're not very easy to project that because things will get better for him at the next level he'll have more guys open and better protection than he did at kentucky so for him to already be you know there were games where it didn't look good you know tennessee obviously this past year most notably and that's worrisome but Josh Allen had back-to-back games coming out of Wyoming where he passed for under 100 yards. You know, Justin Herbert went for like 120 and 130 his last two collegiate games. I think you remember. Like, I do remember those. Thank you, Mike. Like they weren't great passing performances, but like there, there's, you're just not going to be able to do so when you don't have the talent that is NFL caliber. When you don't have, you know, offensive masterminds calling plays to you. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing with Levis is that you just can see the easy path to improvement with
0: him you know and and I think you brought up a great word of look. at this point of the year we're all projecting right we're giving our best educated guesses on what these guys look like in 24 months 36 months 48 months down the road and so I'll ask you to project a little bit more now we're going into year two uh, of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler I think that we collectively have learned a lot about what Josh and Dave value about what is important to them about what they want in a quarterback going forward when you look at these big three Mike and like what Which of these three do you think makes the most sense? I mean, take out where the Raiders are picking at seven, just makes the most fit schematically for what Josh McDaniels wants to do on the offensive side of the football.
1: I've leaned towards C.J. Stroud in in that conversation. Uh, I don't think Bryce Young would necessarily fit because of how they, again, work the middle of the field. Not necessarily just work the middle of the field, but like work underneath a, a little in the middle of the field, which, Bryce Young, for as much as he works in the middle of the field, it's like intermediate deep areas in the middle of the field. You're still not working right behind two, you know, big defensive tackles. So uh, I lean probably Stroud the most, though, because that's where he went to work at Ohio State. I keep going back to the last year, the previous year, because obviously his stats were better, played a little bit better. when he did have Jackson Smith and Jigba, but it's because that's the style. That's where he wants to target. That's where kind of just his eyes naturally go and where he feels comfortable. And that's, you know, that. A lot of quarterbacks that you know the, you get into a pattern or you get into like a thought process like that's where uh, you feel comfortable and that's where you're going to work. And so when you know Josh McDaniels' offense, it kind of just he fits right in and can just slot right in. And a lot of the concepts they run, he's going to be very comfortable with out the gate. So that's why I think a guy like C.J. Stroud's probably where I think.
0: You know, and as we sit here today on February 16th, the Raiders hold the number seven overall pick. And I think, you know, just talking with my buddies, right, as just, you know, the, the group chat, it's like, it wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders did anything this year, right? Seven is such an interesting spot. They could go up, they could go back. There's so many different routes that the Raiders could go in that first round. But, you know, if they ultimately decide not to go quarterback at number seven, if that's where they end up staying, who are some guys later on in the da- in the draft, day two, day three, specifically a signal caller, Mike, that, you like that you could see being a fit for what the Raiders want to do on the offensive side of the football.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's not necessarily like if you don't get a quarterback at number seven, like, or even if you do straight up, like you don't have depth, you know, you don't have a guy behind them that is even willing to develop. And if you say you do go get a veteran or whatever, you would like to have either, you know, somewhere third, fourth, fifth round. You'd still like to add to that position just to have a, a backup that you're developing throughout the year. So, the guy I like a lot in the mid-round conversation, truthfully, I think he pushes a little bit higher than that, is Tanner McKee from Stanford. Um, but that would be, I don't think he makes it to the third round. So you're probably not, if you're uh, you know, drafting a guy at seven, going to draft one right again in the second round. Or if you're using that seventh overall pick to trade for a quarterback, you're probably not going to turn right around and draft one in the second round. So probably a little bit later on, the guy I'd pinpoint is Aiden O'Connell, the Purdue uh quarterback, who's another one where it's like the stats weren't great, but Purdue was not supposed to be in the big 10 championship game this year. They, they were not a talented football team, but Aiden O'Connell did a lot of putting the team on his back uh, behind, again, a bad offensive line with the receiving core that features one guy who's probably going to play in the league. So uh, I think Aiden O'Connell's the guy that is kind of that NFL ready signal caller, does a lot of things that you need to do at the next level. And, and then again, works in the middle of the field really well, works on timing really well to where. If you can get that guy in the fourth round, I think you're happy to have him as a backup going forward.
0: Yeah, and I think, like we said, man, it's it's such a unique spot, and I, I think that Raiders fans, and I know for a fact Raiders fans, are excited for this kind of next chapter, right? And, and it's just reality where... The position has been solidified. You haven't had any questions about it for the past couple of seasons. And now, hey, we get to dive into this world of, of speculation and guessing and having fun and seeing what makes sense for the next chapter for the, the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, it is going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be no shortage of things to discuss. Storylines to follow when we're in the combine in two weeks, a whole nother mess of stories I'm sure will come out in the best possible way for us. So it is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but, Mike, a busy time of year for you, my friend. Give me 30 seconds of plugs. What do we got uh, cooking uh, at PFF right now?
1: Yeah, just go get a draft guide. No thirty. Don't need thirty seconds. Just go get a PFF draft guide. With all the guys we talked about, you could find in that draft guide. All the breakdowns, the heat maps, like I talked about. So, pff.com. Go get one, and it comes with any subscription. Uh, well worth the price. I'm biased, but. I think it's well
0: worth the Yes, and I, I can confirm I am the proud owner, Mike, of a PFF draft guide. In fact, I'm looking at it right here we now go. with the fancy cover of Bryce Young on the uh, on page one there. But, yeah, I mean, truly a, a wealth of knowledge in there. Uh, you know, I always appreciate you and Dave and the guys at PFF for giving us a few minutes of your time. Uh, I will see you in Indy. Safe travels out there. Oh, yeah. It'll be here before we know it. And, dude, one of my favorite weeks on the NFL calendar, it does not get any better than the scouting combine in Indy. So we will see you out there. Good luck, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon, all right?
1: Appreciate it, Eddie. Thanks for having me. Take it easy, man.
0: And a huge shout-out to our guy, Mike. Uh, As I said, really, really excited to catch up with him in person in Indy uh, in just a few weeks. But, you know, it's great, and, and, you know, my favorite part of this job, and this won't come as a surprise to any of you guys, it's just getting to talk to people, right? Is having conversations, getting to build relationships with folks. And so the fact that, you know, not only has Mike made himself incredibly available for us to help us make us smarter and, and to, you know, kind of carry us through uh, this draft time, the fact that we have Bucky Brooks and, and Rhett Lewis doing a fantastic job uh, with their show on the Raiders Podcast Network, man. I mean, it's just, we are really, really fortunate to have so many good people that like to hang out with us. And like I said, it, it never, it is never lost on me how important it is to kind of cultivate those relationships and just uh, just to have these chats, man, because it's a lot of fun, and I hope that you guys enjoy them uh, on the back end as well. But lots to do this week, as you can imagine, a busy week here in HQ. But before we get out of here, you know what we got to do. We got to crack an ice-cold brewchacho. And today, or this morning, I am going to crack an ice-cold brewski for Eldrick Tiger Woods, one of my favorite athletes of all time, Tiger is back. Oh, he is so back, playing in the Genesis Invitational, which I believe is, is going on right now, Ray, right? Can I get confirmation? Yeah, the, ti- the Tiger is mere hours away from teeing off and doing his thing. So, well, like I said, one of my favorite athletes. One of my favorite athletes of all time. The grip that this man had on not only the golf world, not only the sports world, but the world in general, pretty incredible. Uh, and like I said, I'm I just so lucky that we had a chance to see him at the peak of his powers. And look, he's not there anymore. I'll be the first to admit that. But he is just must-see TV. Uh, and he is a guy that I am always, always, always going to root for. A guy that I am always going to, uh, to be pulling for. So, Tiger, he's back. Uh, and a big shout-out to my guy, Matt Walks, another big Tiger guy. Old uh Woxy boy, uh, a former member of Silver and Black Productions, but once a Raider, always a Raider. Uh, Woxy also a big Tiger guy, so I'm glad that we can share in that together uh, and rejoice in the fact that he is back. So, Freddie Pascal. Our guest, this me- excuse me, our guest this week, Mike Renner, my man Ray on the ones and twos, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions. Thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, and look, actually, quick programming note, Ray, before we officially get out of here. Back like normal next week. We're here in this building. We'll do the episode of the show. It'll be great. Can't wait. Excited to do it. The week following, as I said, going to Indy, which means a little news to drop in the best possible way. We're actually going to have a limited series pod on all things Combine called First Stop Indie. I encourage you guys to go uh, subscribe on the Raiders Podcast Network to that. And that is going to be your home for all things Combine. Yes, I'll still do the normal version of this show live and in color from Indy, but we are really going to be building and, and stuffing as much combine content as we can into that limited series pod. Uh, it is going to be a blast. It is brought to you by our friends at EOS Fitness. We are very, very thankful that they, uh, they're they joining us on this little adventure, and we cannot wait. So, lots to subscribe to. Obviously, you're subscribed to this show if you're listening to it, but go subscribe to the, the Raiders NFL Draft Podcast and First Stop Indie. It is the offseason. We are attacking it in a big way, and, uh, and I'm excited, man. I am fired up. So, as I said, for Eddie, for Mike, for Ray, for our entire department, we will see you guys same time, same place next week for our next episode of Upon Further Review.
1: Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors
0: Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app True Connect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation.